course, uh, Thursday night, uh, Shior was uh, on pause during uh, Pesach because of Yom Tov. And of course, the week before Pesach, we had, I hope you recall, special Pesach uh, uh, installment as well. But now we are resuming our Al-Sheikh Al-Ha-Parasha, Ramosh Al-Sheikh, the great uh, Torah personality darshan of the golden age of Tzfat in the 16th century. Okay, so... Sorry, I'm just getting my chumash. <clears throat> we are looking tonight at Parshas Tazriya uh, and Mitzora, although what we have to share comes mostly from Parshas Tazriya. But the two parshas, in addition to the fact that we read them together, are closely related in terms of uh, content and theme. Uh, and of course, they are dominated by the phenomenon of tsaras, different forms of tsaras, different forms of this leprous mark which uh, the Torah describes in a lot of detail, prima facie, the uh, subject does not uh, relate to our current circumstances uh, in, in the current era, um, because we don't have that phenomenon anymore. But as we shall see, uh, there are aspects of it which are um, important for us to, to uh, appreciate and from which we can learn. And as I said, it is in a subject which is treated in the Torah quite extensively. So, of course, warrants our close attention. Uh, Okay, let's get up underway. So Parshish Tazriya begins with Parakut base, of course, Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 12. The first chapter actually is a very short chapter, only eight psukim, and in a way it's kind of um, a prelude to the main subject, and we're going to turn right away to the main subject, which I said is Saras. So let's, let's take a look at Parakut Gimel, chapter 13, uh, psukim Aleph base, uh, the initial opening of verses. Adam A man it applies to a woman as well, actually, but Adam, um, we're going to discuss that in a moment, but the term Adam, of course, means a person. Who has on the skin of his flesh, These are three terms that refer to the leprous mark. They are all different shades of white, and they have different subtle distinctions among them, but they share in common, they all are a form of this tsaras, which is similar to leprosy, although not identical to it. It is an affliction of leprosy, a leprous affliction. So he shall be brought to Aharon, uh, the Kohen, or to one of his sons, or his descendants in future uh, generations. And the Torah here sets out Im immediately the uh, process by which a person who realizes or who fears that he or she has this leprous affliction should go to a Kohen to have the matter evaluated. And as we know, the Kohen is going to provide some guidance, uh, is going to um, maybe provide some instruction for ameliorating, for correcting a remedy for the phenomenon as well. Let's um, look right away at some uh, observations that Al Sheikh makes regarding the very uh, expression Adam So he makes an interesting observation. He says the term Adam, of course, Adam was the first man. Adam was created by God directly. Yitzir Kapab. He was formed by, so to speak, 
excuse me, the hands of God uh, using an anthropomorphism. So Adam represents a person in his most exalted form, the great potential of a human being. And he says very clearly that the other words that we find in the Torah for a person like enosh, uh, which means also means mortal, it means enosh is the person, the son of Adam. Uh, remember, Adam had three sons, Cain. Cain killed Hevel, so Cain had no future after a number of generations. Hevel had no present even. He was uh, uh, assassinated by his brother. So Enosh was the son, the subsequent son. I'm sorry, Adam Shase Enosh. Enosh was the son of Shase. And uh, the word Enosh, the name Enosh, and the word Enosh refers to the human race. So enosh is a term for a person. Gever is a term for a, a, for a man. Geveret for a woman. Ish or isha. Says Al-Sheikh, the word Adam is a more exalted term. It is like a reflection of man at his best. And he asks about the irony. We're talking here about a mitzorah, someone afflicted with the tzara, someone who, again, as we'll see shortly, is has been guilty at least at some level of some serious transgressions such as Roshan Harai and others. Excuse me. And it's therefore it's ironic that this person is identified by the term Adam, which you know the Torah could have used an alternative. Enosh, Gever, Ish could have said Isha, Isha, as the Torah very often does. Here it says Adam. Uh, we're talking about a person who is uh um, you know, subject to punishment, he's he has been rebuked, so to speak, by the heavenly uh, intervention. So why is he called Adam? Then he asks a more striking question, taking another closer, further close look at this pasuk: Adam Now the word vahaya just means, and there was here's rendered in the arts, and it will become a tsaras affliction. However, we have a statement in the Talmud that the word vayehi is associated with misfortune. Vayehi, it's like vay, oy vay. Vayehi means misfortune. Even though the Gemara in Megillah clarifies, it's only when the Torah says vayehi bimei. This vayehi alone doesn't always mean misfortune. But in the Medrash and Or HaChayim and others uh, frequently look for the misfortune in the word vayehi. But conversely, the word vahaya, the medrash says vahaya is besimcha. The word vahaya is contrasted with the word vayehi. Vayehi is misfortune. Vahaya is simcha. And again, the irony is striking. We're talking here not about a simcha. Nobody's happy here. The, I mean, the Kohen may be, uh, he's, uh, his talent is uh, uh, sought, so maybe the Kohen is happy, probably not, the Kohen doesn't enjoy the suffering of other people, the man himself, presumably is not happy, where's the Simcha, the Haya? So that's the th second question, and he asked the third question, why does he go to a Kohen, this is a question which many have wondered, we're talking ultimately, or at least initially, perhaps I should say, initially we're talking about a um, dermatological condition, so why does the Torah say that a person who has one of these uh, unpleasant afflictions, a form of leprosy, why does he go to a Kohen? You should go to a doctor. Uh, again, this question many, many ask. What's the significance of going to a Kohen? So by way of introduction, Alshir doesn't say this, but I would like to introduce the comments of Ramban, not here. 
Actually, Ramban says it in the parsha of Sota. The Dafyomi team are starting Masech de Sota. So the uh, parsha of Sota, Ramban says in his parish on the Torah, he says that the Sota phenomenon was something that existed in antiquity. And it the system broke down eventually because there were too many instances. This already the Mishnah says <clears throat> there were too many instances of marital infidelity, and therefore the system broke down. But Ramban says that the whole phenomenon of the trial by water, which had a miraculous component, he says it's nes vakavodli Israel. It was a miracle and it was honor for the Jewish people because. Those who are uh, on a high level are subject to divine attention, divine scrutiny, and I would say benefit from Hashem uh, like prodding or prompting or hinting or uh, alerting a person to the need for self-improvement. A population which is degenerate in its entirety is not going to be deserving or worthy, is not going to be the beneficiary of that kind of divine attention. That's what Ramban says about Sota. And I would suggest, I don't think it's my own idea, I may have seen it in the Meshachach or elsewhere, the same is applicable here to Tsaras, which also doesn't exist in the biblical sense any longer, but it was intended as a means of, of a corrective, of a helping a person who had fallen uh, short in certain areas to be prompted to return, to improve, to reflect, to introspect. And the quarantine situation provided him with an opportunity to do so. So let me tell you how Al-Sheikh approaches this. He says that this dermatological sign was indicative of the fact that he is a person of stature, and therefore Hashem will uh, uh, warn him in a manner which is visible and which is apparent when he's going off the, 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 the path. A person of lesser stature, uh, maybe Hashem won't, so to speak, bother with him. Uh, it represents an alert that when the matter is only skin deep, when it's only superficial, already at an early stage, at an initial stage, he is prompted to improve. It's like Mazarzo the Tshuva, he is um, urged, he is prompted to do Tshuva. And says, uh, I'll share, I'll read you a few words. Simcha ba'or. It's a source of joy for him because he has been prompted to recognize and to focus upon his failing. And also this tumor, this uh, ritual impurity has not penetrated to, metaphorically speaking, to his internal organs. It's only something which is on the surface. He can uh, like address the problem at an early stage. My father, as a Kornabacha, had a cousin. I doubt if his cousin is living any longer. I haven't been in touch with him. But uh, in any case, his cousin was a dermatologist. And uh, he used to say that dermatology is a great medical specialty. It's a great, the best specialty to be in. He said, my patients never get better and they never die. So he has them for long term. Uh, they never die and they never get better. So uh, this uh, 
leprosy is not a pleasant thing, but it's generally not life-threatening, generally not life-threatening. And just symbolically, because it's uh, it's a skin condition, it's on the surface, so it prompts him to do tshuva before it's too late. He goes on to say that uh, this um, indication that's on the surface, he says it hasn't, I've already mentioned it already, just he meant, Al-Sheikh mentions this a few pages later in a separate, a separate uh, um, passage, but it relates to our subject. He says that it hasn't penetrated into his, his uh, uh, like, um, internal organs. <clears throat> and he says that is the nature of the kohos hatuma, the forces of impurity. Uh, they uh, look to infiltrate to infect a person and ultimately to drag him down so that he can cannot recover and symbolically the saras on the skin indicates that these nefarious forces have not yet enveloped him have not yet like uh, uh, penetrated his character and therefore he says that the like um, rectification is through a kohen who is Kadosh Bevchinas Sharsho, the Kohen has holy, like a character, not just the individual particular Kohen. You might say, I know Kohanim, you know, well, I wouldn't describe that way, but it means the Kohanim in terms of their pedigree, their ancestry. They are associated with Kedusha, with sanctity, and therefore by approaching the Kohen and getting direction from the Kohen, he has successfully Hopefully, he will successfully uh, repulse this tumor, this ritual impurity, which surrounds him or which threatens him through through that leprous mark. So, uh, in this way, he explains. It says Adam, which is an exalted term, because he's fortunate, and this refers to the Jewish people when they are on a high level. Yes, this person has uh, fallen off the, the 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 horse a bit. He's fallen off his steed, but. He's prompted to get back in the saddle. Uh, the simcha, the vahaya b'simcha, for the same reason. There is simcha in the opportunity and in the urging and in the inspiration to, to do tshuva. And he goes to the Kohen because ultimately this is not really a dermatological problem for my father's cousin to deal with, but rather this is a matter, this is a uh, like um, physical manifestation of a spiritual malady and therefore the treatment the remedy the cure must be through the agency of the kohen excuse me i'd like to now share with you a beautiful drash uh, of a multi-part drash on the part of uh al-sheikh about the statement in chazal the one erkin as to why saras what um, particular chataim, what particular failings will uh, bring about the, the punishment or the warning or the experience of tsaraz. So very well known is Lashon Hara. And uh, the Gemara does mention that. The Gemara says actually um, seven, seven reasons for tsaraz. So the Gemara says, "Al shvuas shav, a false uh, oaths, gezel, which is theft, lashon hara, slander, gossip, and the like, 
Gilu Arayas, which is sexual immorality, Shvichas Damim, which is bloodshed, Gasus Haruach, which is arrogance, if a person is uh, egocentric. And the last one is Tsaras Ayin, which is to be uh, like um, uh, narrow-minded, to, not say narrow-minded, but to look at others in a uh, critical, judgmental way. It's like a person who, it's the opposite of generosity, is to find fault and to be... Uh, uh, like um, confirmed in one's lack of generosity, difficult to render it exactly into felicitous English. So of these seven, the best known is the Lashon Hara. And I think that is because the word Mitsora is Darshan Motsi Shem Ra, one who maligns, one who um, like um, popularizes or, or dis disseminates uh, Shem Ra, to slander others. Metzorah has that uh, remez. Also, we find the well-known biblical event of Miriam. Miriam uh, and Aharon spoke in a fairly benign, in a relatively benign way about Moshe. And nevertheless, she was stricken with Saras. The Torah describes that explicitly. So there you see the association of Loshan Harab and Saras. There's another case as well, a bit more subtle. When Moshe was... Uh, confronted or was was uh, uh, summoned by God in his uh, when Moshe was a shepherd and Hashem appeared in the burning bush and he communicated with Moshe and Moshe repeatedly sought to avoid taking on this mission and Moshe said hey, hey, lo ya aminuli, they won't believe me so Hashem said I'll give you two signs and one of the signs was that Moshe was told to put it his hand into his uh, like uh, into his uh, bosom, and he uh, took it out, and it was leprous. It was white with leprosy. He put it back in again, and it was cured. So the um, and that also was because he had maligned the Jewish people in saying they won't listen to me. So we find those several and there are other associations of Saras with Lashon Hara, but the Gemara mentions these other ones as well. Says the Al Sheikh in a beautiful drash. He says the first three we see already in this pasuk that we've been looking at closely already. This is pasuk base. Adam Now the art school people don't translate those three terms. I think in the commentary they might provide some uh, indication of the different nuances of meaning. But as I said, these are three forms, three examples of the leprous mark. So says Al-Sheikh, the word se'is means to lift up. In modern Hebrew, a truck, a lorry is called a masa'it. We say in the uh, 13 attributes of mercy, no se avon vafesha. We have parshas naso, which is to uplift. We have su'es rosh b'nei Israel to lift up their heads, to count them. We have parshas ki tisa, when you lift up the heads. So the word se'is means to raise. So he says that uh, this uh, seis, which we said is a leprous mark, is associated with shvuas sham because the Torah says lo sisa shema shav, do not uh, raise up or do not uh, articulate a false oath. In the words, the Torah says lo tisa shema shav. So therefore, you see that seis is associated or hints to that cause of tsaras. Sapachas, the word sapachas 
is really uh, a um, like uh, something which is an, uh, an an appendix. The word in modern Hebrew means spach is an appendix. I don't mean the, the organ of an appendix, but if you write a, a book and or an essay or something like that, and you have an appendix, it's called the mispach. It means to add on, to add something on. And here, this sapachas is like something which is above the added onto the skin, like a a, a blister or a um, some other kind of uh, a scab or a wound. That's called sapachas. So the word sapachas means to add on. So he says, well, this, of course, refers to or alludes to gezel, to theft. He appends someone else's property to his own. He's got a, a flock of sheep and he steals a few more and adds that person's property to his own. He's got money in his bank account. He embezzles funds or he steals from another person and he adds that money, puts it into his account. Perhaps he won't put it into his account. He doesn't want to be caught by the money laundering uh, uh, authorities. So Sapachas alludes to gazelle, theft. Baheres, Baheres is something bright, something clear, uh, something uh, like uh, bright white, for example, which we're talking about white. So he says the Baheres is associated with Lashon Hara because when a person speaks Lashon Hara, he maligns or humiliates another person. Or he exposes another person, as we know very well. Lashon Hara is even something which is true. So if someone knows information about another person which is uncomplimentary, and he tells it, and he broadcasts it, he publishes it, he writes it in uh, social media, so he will could mortify the subject of his of his, um, you know, expose and lashon hara, as we know, is forbidden uh, under than limited circumstances, even if it's true. And he will be guilty of malbin penei chavei. When a person is shamed, his face turns red. But if he's exceedingly shamed, his face drains of blood. He's mortified, looks white as a ghost. That's called malbin penei chavei. So this is baheres. So say sapachas baheres. We have in this first passage referred to. The first three of those seven, Shvuas Shav, uh, that's a false oath, Gezel is theft, and Lashon Hara, we know, is gossip and the like. Then he says, Shechin, later on we find a few uh, verses later. Take a look at Pasuk Yud Ches. So if, we're, if you're following following with me in the art school, it's on page 612. It says, the. Uh, so shin means an inflammation. It has to do with something which is um like uh, the 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 uh, from a burn or something which is inflamed. So he says inflammation refers to shvichas damim, like uh, a person has a a, a, a blister or swelling in, uh, in in his body. That's called shechin, or rather shechin is that, that is a type of, of inflammation. So it says that is related to shvichas damim, which is bloodshed, because he quotes the posting in Dvaram, ki yecham levavo, if a person is angry, or if a person is uh, enraged, or if a person is jealous, or if a person is villainous, and he wants to Kill and he lies in wait for a and his enemy. He rises up against and he kills him. So that is murder as opposed to manslaughter because this is premeditated murder. And the Torah introduces it with the words Kiecham Levavo. 
So we see that the inflammation here, the shechin, is associated with the um, with uh, the, the heat, the passion uh, that leads to bloodshed. And he says that because it's so chamur, because it's so uh, grievous, bloodshed is the most grievous transgression between man and his fellow man. Murder is is the worst. So therefore, the one who is guilty of murder, of course, if he's convicted, etc., he'll be executed. But as you probably know, the ancient Sanhedrin had a very difficult uh, time uh, securing a conviction. It seems that the Torah doesn't actually uh, uh, um, encourage the death penalty penalty, even when it perhaps would be deserved. And therefore, we're talking about someone, maybe he is guilty, but the courts uh, are unable to, to, to carry out the death penalty for whatever the reason. And maybe this person regrets what he's done and he wants to do tshuva. So the tshuva, he can just think to himself, well, that's a terrible thing I did to murder someone else. There has to be a more uh, uh, severe process. So it says Al-Sheikh, because it's so chamur, because it's so severe, so there has to be yisurim, suffering, lemarek, in order to cleanse him. It's not just easy come, easy go. A person who's guilty of such a, a terrible transgression, the process of tshuva must also involve discomfort or suffering. So this shechin is a suffering, but he deserves it, and it's the part of, part of his tshuva process. It also says, se'is levana, uh, that uh, he says maybe this is another form of shvichas damim. In other words, the shvichas damim, which is outright bloodshed, murder. Uh, but there's another type of bloodshed, not in a literal sense, but malbin penechaber. We mentioned that earlier. If a person shames someone else, he shames him publicly. But that is akin to murder. And there are two types because the Torah says here in the next pasuk in pasuk Yutes, adam So it could be a raised mark which is white, or it could be streaked with red. So adam dames streaked with red refers to the actual bloodshed, and the and the the. Shechin uh, Levana, the white, refers to someone who has done something which is akin to bloodshed, which is to shame a person, as we said, Malbin Panei Chavero. So you've got the hint of the red and also the white. The next one, and then minutes we have left. Uh, so we've done the first three, and then we did the fourth is Shechin. The fifth one, he says, is actually... Uh, I got a bit ahead of myself because the next one, oh no, I didn't, I'm okay. <laughs> Take a look with me, please. Further on that same page, so here we have the reference to a burn from fire. Now it could be a burn that literally someone has gotten too close to the, to the kitchen stove or whatever it might be. It could also be something that burns like fire because of the, the pain that, that this condition, this tsaras is causing him. But it's a, again, a particular form of tsaras. As the Torah says, michvas esh. So it says, al-sheikh, michvas esh refers to Gilu uh, Arayas refers to sexual immorality, which is called Michvei. He quotes a pasuk in Mishlei. Uh, if you want to look it up, it's Mishlei, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 28 and 29, which speaks about someone who is burning with passion for a, for a forbidden woman. It's like he's, he'll walk on coals. He feels as if he's on fire because of his extreme passion. 
like the Gemara says about Rav Amram Chasida, um, Nura Bay Amram, uh, the Gemara in Kedushin says, so a passion, especially um, illicit uh, a passion, is associated with, with heat, with the, the, the burning desire. And then he says that this is also similar to shvichas damim to bloodshed because I mean it's not my own I'm not being crass he says because it can lead to bloodshed because if he commits adultery and the woman's husband comes home and sees what the two of them are up to uh, he says either the the husband will kill the adulterer or maybe the adulterer will kill the husband or you know the possibility of bloodshed uh is uh, certainly present in such a case. So that's how he explains the, the the reference there to the white or to the red. Again, I'll just show you where it is. Um, yeah, it's again in the same pasuk chaf dalid, uh, second half. levana adam demes olevana. So adam demes the 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 red the blood is like we said the bloodshed. Olevana is again through the humiliation. Again, look, I'm not uh, trying to, um, how can I put it? One who's guilty of adultery has committed a, a, a grievous transgression between man and his fellow, between man and God. Um, but if he's caught in the act, he could turn white as a sheet as a result. So again, the red and the white, uh, Al-Sheikh explains how in the Shvichas Damim and in the Gilu Arayas, we have the symbolism of those colors. The last two are in, uh, in font. You can see them in Pasuk Haftes. So it's a verse 29. So on page 614, if you're with me in the stone, he says, refers to the last two of our seven. I'll just review the seven. The, the Gemara in, in Erechon says that, that, uh, Negat Saras comes from Shavuas Shav, from a false oath, from theft, from uh, Lashon Hara, from Gil Araya sexual immorality, from Shvichus Damim is bloodshed, and the last two are Gasus Haruach, uh, egocentrism, and Saras Ayin. So he says, Barosh, when if, if a person, if this Nega is found to be a Barosh on the head, or Bezakan on the beard. So he says, Rosh, of course, refers to someone who is big-headed, who thinks that the world revolves around him. He's the 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 top guy. He's the the head. He thinks of himself as, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. That's Gasus Ruach, a person who is arrogant. So that's the reference to the Rosh. Zakan, Zakan, the beard, not a little beard like I've got, but you know, a proper, uh, you know, um, uh, eye-catching beard that is associated with dignity, associated with uh, respect, someone who uh, de deserves respect or is, is you might say, courting respect as well. So he says zakam is the, the uh, opposite of tsaras ayim, meaning uh, it will afflict his beard or the, the that part of the face uh, because a person who honors others will be honored. Has who is honorable, one who honors others. And Mechabed is Habrios, like the, the Mishnah says in, in Perkei So says Al-Sheikh that this person does not honor 
others because he looks down at others. He thinks others are are uh, in, insignificant or unworthy or undeserving of his attention, of his uh, largesse, of his concern. Saras Ayin, he looks down in a judgmental way at everyone. So he does not honor others and therefore he is not honored and therefore it will afflict his zakan which is associated with honor, with dignity, with respect, which he is not deserving of respect because he doesn't give respect, and he is he is like suffers the rebuke, as we were saying at the beginning of the saras, in order to indicate to highlight for him or for her. By the way, okay, maybe women don't have a beard, but still, all of these are applicable to women uh, equally as well. So, just to summarize, review what we've seen tonight is. Um, that the phenomenon of tsaras, in a certain sense, is a gift. It is a gift that Hashem will uh, alert a person at an early stage when he is uh, subject to any of these failings that we've mentioned, because it's superficial, literally, it's on the skin only, it hasn't yet penetrated within, and uh, only when the Jewish people collectively are worthy and are deserving will the tsaras system be operative. So therefore, there is a certain amount of joy in it because to correct one's failings brings a person satisfaction and achievement and fulfillment. And then we said that the seven causes of tsaras are all hinted to in this portion in the way that we've seen. Thank you to everyone for uh, joining us tonight. And I wish everyone a good Shabbos and a good Chodesh. Uh, for those who are coming to Kesha, we've got an Israeli Kiddush coming up, and we also have a subject of just one Shabbos, the Slanama Rebbe on the Mitzorah, the fate of the Mitzorah, a uh, very beautiful insight, which I look forward to sharing with you, for those who will be with us on the Shabbos. And we're doing Perkei Avos as well, and we are doing high frequency for Perkei Avos as well in the afternoon at 7 o'clock. So a lot happening. I wish everyone a good Shabbos and a good Chodesh. Shabbos, wonderful Shabbos, thank you, lovely. Thank you, thank you, Terry.